Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Lord have mercy. We thank you this morning. If you have your Bibles, thank you for being with us on this morning. I pray that uh, you will receive a message from the Lord on this morning from His Holy Word. If you have your Bibles, lift them as we prepare to make our declaration as we do each Sunday morning. If I receive this word, word. my mind only. This word, this word will be dead for me. The Lord, if I receive this word, the spirit over my mind, this word will be life for me. Lord, I don't need religious form and fashion. I need life. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let's get some life in here on today. Thank you. We receive it in the presence of the Lord. Today, I, we will, our, our lesson, our message will be coming from uh, the book of First Chronicles, chapter four. Our focal verses will be verses nine and ten. But I will endeavor, if you would just bear with me, by uh, to read verses one through ten. And this is speaking of the genealogy of Judah. The son of Judah, Pharez, Hezron, and Carmi, Ur, and Shobal. And Rehaiah, the son of Shobal, begat Jahath, and Jahath begat Ahumai, and Luhat, Lahad. These are the families of the Zorahites. And these were the fathers of Atam, Jezreel, and Ishma, and Kibash. And the name of their sister was Hazalel Oni. And Penuel, the father of Gator, and Ezer, the father of Hushah, these are the sons of her, the father, firstborn of Ezata, and the father of Bethlehem. And Asher, the father of Ekoa, and two wives of Elah and Deara. And Deara bare him Ahuzam. And Hazar, and Temani, and Ha'ahash, Sari, these were the sons of Naara. And the sons of Helah were Zerath, and Gezahor, and Ethnan, and Kaz begat Enud, and Zobabah, and the families of Ahael, El, the son of Hadam. And Jabez was more honorable. And his brother. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that he may not grieve me, and God granted. 
today for the reading of your precious word. Everything has value, every word, Lord God, has meaning, and everything has a purpose. And you have created all things for your purpose. Every name, every person, every plant, every animal, every creature, and even the oxygen that we breathe, and the stars that shine and glitter in the air, the sun that shines and glows, and the moon that shines at night, everything has a purpose and a meaning. We thank you today, Lord God, as we enter your presence on this morning. We submit to the will of your Holy Spirit that he may have his way as he had his way in our Lord as he walked in the flesh upon mankind in the earth. We thank you today. Speak now, Holy Spirit, for thy servant heareth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever wondered what some parents were thinking when they named their children? Have you ever wondered that? For example, I wondered why my parents named me Charles. I never asked my brother in one state, I guess I'll go around to it. So I Googled my name, and this is what I found. Charles is a masculine given name from the French form of, of Charles of a Germanic name, Carl, K-A-R-L. The original Anglo-Saxon was Cyril, C-A-R-L, or Cyril, C-E-O-R-L, and as, and as the name of King Cyril of Mercia that disappeared after the Norman conquest. Kingdom. Additionally, Charles derived from the common Germanic element, Tari, H-A-R-I, meaning army or warrior. The, the popularity of the name in Europe was due to the fame of Charles the Great. I mentioned him uh, uh, maybe a couple of Sundays ago, uh, commonly known as Charlemagne, a king, of the, a king of the Franks who came to rule over most of Europe. What did my parents see in me? At that time that they named me Charles, if we were to look at the Germanic element, Hari, Hari means army or warrior. Perhaps that would apply to me since I had 35 years of their career. I just don't know. In the Old Testament, circumstances of time seem at times, or the circumstances of time seem to weigh heavily on the meaning of or the naming of a child. For example, Eve named her third son Seth, and Seth means substitute, compensation, or appointed. Since Cain, whose name means acquisition, slew his younger brother Abel, whose name means vapor, because of the shortness of his life, Eve saw Seth as God's replacement for Abel. Seth is also the line through whom our Lord Jesus Christ is going to come. That's what we find in Genesis 4, 25, 26. Verses in chapter 5, verse 6, and of course, Luke 6, Proverbs 38. Now, Leah, Jacob's wife, named her fourth son Judah because she said, Now I will praise the Lord. Leah was the wife of Jacob, as the wife of Jacob, and she did not, he did not love her the way that he loved her three younger sister, Rachel. <laughs> That's sad. She had given him. Three sons, yet Jacob loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. I don't understand. She didn't understand. Uh, so, so when Judah came along, Leah had come to realize that her worth wasn't in how her husband saw her. Her validation wasn't in how her husband saw her or how anybody else saw her. 
uh, outwardly, but how God saw her inwardly. Don't miss this. You can look good on the outside, but be full of hell, insecurity, bitterness, jealousy, and low self-esteem on the inside. That was Rachel's. That's who Rachel was. She was pretty on the outside, but she was empty on the inside. God have mercy. Uh, she depended on her outward appearance to get what she wanted. If you walk around this world <laughs> and you look, you'll see that you'll see the shallowness of people. Because some of them, they walk around, I got this $600 suit on, I got these $500 shoes on, this, this $2,000 bow tie, and I got all this stuff, and I got brother, and I got, you know, I got uh, Michael Kors, I got, I got uh, all of these, uh, all of these, and all of these, Different people, who are you wearing? You can watch the, the Grammys and the Emmys and, and the Golden Globe. Who are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing Michael. Oh, I'm wearing Harvey. I'm wearing Really? So who are you? Oh, that's right. I'm wearing this, you know, and I'm wearing her. That. Who are you? The shallowness of people. They're stuck on their beauty and they're stuck on the material things that they miss the real person. They miss who they really can be. Uh, she depended on her outward appearance to get what she wants. In life, how you look on the outside is not the winning formula for a living, meaningful, and productive life. Simply isn't. That is a shadow life producing average results. And you walk through life, oh, Lord, I, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. No, 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 no. At that point, Leah stopped looking at her husband to affirm her. No, see, this realization set her free. It set her free. Freedom was in Christ. So freedom in Christ is where a person's true self is revealed. Freedom is liberty from other folks' opinions of you. Uh, because you, because the one who, whose opinions matter the most is the opinion of the creator himself. God says it this way. I know what I am doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. That's the message Bible. That's whose opinion, that's whose validation we should seek if we want to have a meaningful life. So when we, when he validates you, every human opinion is just that, an opinion, nothing more. Then uh, if you look to others to validate you, that is, to give your life meaning and value, then your value will always change because people are unstable. Simply are unstable. You will go crazy trying to figure out what this person thinks of you, what that person thinks of you, what this person says about you, that person says about you. Listen, all of it's fine, but it doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things. It's like when you're growing up, you, you want to fit in with the crowd, but then as you get older and everybody dispersed and goes their own way, you realize that the crowd that you wanted to fit in with was unimportant. So they were there for a little while because it was a part of your growing process. But listen, in the overall scheme of things, you will lose track of them and you will never hear from most of them again. No matter who you are. How many of you in here know where most of the people you grew up and went to school with are now? How many of you? I don't. How many of you remember most of the names of the people you went to school with? I don't. That's the point I'm trying to make. So long as you are in good standing with them, then you are okay with them. 
But the moment you're not, then your value becomes worthless to them. And now who are you? First, they put you up here, and then they make you crash and burn, and then all of a sudden, you're high this time, and you're low this time, and you're sitting around crying and thinking in your mind, well, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why can't I? Nothing is wrong with you. You're losing track. You don't know who you are. That's what's wrong. You're allowing people to define you, and that's wrong. So in Leah's freedom in God, she praised them. She called her name, her son's name, Judah, because it was a time for her to break out and praise God, recognizing that God is not, not, not a Jacob who validated her. Mm. Let me give you one more example before landing on our text. Rachel, Jacob's second wife, was pregnant with a child and was in labor. Moses tells us Rachel's labor was hard. It was one that she would not recover from. As she gave birth with her dying breath, she named the boy Benoni, meaning son of my sorrow. But note what the immediate action that Jacob took. Jacob said, no, 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 no. My boy will not be called sorrowful. He will not walk around his whole life, all his entire life, being known and called sorrowful. But then he caused him to remember what his mother kept going through, what his mother was going through. No, you're not going to name him that. And so Jacob changed his name to Benjamin and then gave him a meaningful name, son of the right, which is the right-hand side being the favorite side. So Benjamin would become a favorite son. No, no, no. You would be sorrow. You would be favored. I love it. Like, like Eve, like Leah and Rachel, Jacob's mother named him out of the circumstance going on in her life at that time of the time of his birth. Out of her sorrow, she named him Jabez. Jabez means sorrow or affliction. We're not told who his father was of his mother's name or the circumstances giving rise to the naming of her son. But what stands out to me is that the name doesn't have to define the outcome of a person's life. Does not have to define the outcome of a person's life. A person is successful not because of his or her name, but because of their character. A person's character is shaped either by the world or by their relationship with Christ. A person's relationship with the world drives them to pursue the things of the world, but a person's relationship with Christ drives them to pursue intimate relationship with Christ. Intimacy results in a personal desire to know Christ. To know Christ is to spend time in his word and in prayer to him. Jesus always took time to pray to the Father. Why? I'm going to give you two reasons why. First, because prayer is has its foundation in God. Not in, not in Satan, not in man, because before man existed, before Satan existed, before anything existed, God was and is. And in him, through, through him, in him and through him and out of him came all that is. Therefore, God is the foundation from which prayer began. Second, because he under, Jesus understood that all that he was and would do was dependent upon an ongoing relationship with his father. Ongoing relationship with his father. <clears throat> if a girl wants to know who she is, have a relationship with her dad. Don't say, oh, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, dad, you just dumb. You're just stupid. You're, just, you're out of time. 
That is a question we must ask ourselves. Commitment to God requires intimacy. Intimacy with God, ah, I love it, requires is acquired by studying the Word of God. It is by meditating on God's Word. It is praying. It is the, the Word of God, and it is applying God's Word to your life on a daily basis. As Jacob has been like his brother, we never would have heard it. You know, I mean, of all of those genealogical names, he would have just been one that melted right on in. But God separated Jabez for a reason. And he wanted to highlight him above all others. And that is because he was considered more honorable than others. And God honors that. God, God respects that. God will identify with that. And God will bless that. I want to get ahead of myself. But I love it. So. Likewise, you cannot hang out at the club, smoke weed, drink water, make a screwdriver. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you're not, you've been in the world. You can't snort cocaine, shoot up errors, cuff and fight, and be considered honorable in the sight of God. It just doesn't work that way. As Jacob stood out from his brothers, so must the believer stand out from those around him or her as people of honor. Honor is given, it is earned. It is earned by the way you walk, by the way you live your life, by the way you treat others, by the way you do what you do. Honor is not is not given; it is earned. For believers, our true honor is derived from what Christ did on the cross, and our commitment to work to, to do the work He began in the earth, or to continue doing the work that Christ began in the earth. When we began to walk and live our lives according to Christ, then we gain honor, not only in the sight of men, because they'll look at you. Men will look at you and say, yeah, I know Brother Jerry. I see him all the time. I've been watching that brother. He has, I mean, I watch him. I watch people cut them out. I watch people, you know, get up all in his face. I watch people, you know, lie on him and say all kinds of things. And I, and I never saw him. I never saw him just blow up and, and, and strike out. I always saw him be calm, and, and, and I, you know, and, and, and to me, that brother is somebody that I want to emulate. That's somebody I come around here because no matter what, he was standing strong. He didn't, he didn't deviate from who he was. Not one minute, not one moment. I, he had a char- He's a character unlike anybody else I've ever watched before. I want to watch this brother. I can learn a lot from him. That's all. That's all. Second, in the conviction, not only did he stand out before his brothers and his family, uh, but also his conviction to his mother. His mother's sorrows or grief must have been so great that she wanted to be constantly reminded of it. And see, that's what happens when you hurt. Can't seem to shake it. This person did that to me. That person did that to me. Every time you turn around, you're remembering the stuff that somebody did to you. And you can't even live your life because you're stuck on that. So she must have hurt her so bad. So she branded her son for life with her misery. Or she fought. Can you imagine living every your every waking moment constantly reminded of what happened to you years ago? Every time she looked at her son or called his name or heard his name called, immediately it took her back to her misery, the point of her misery. So 
some who were here today, who were here today, maybe like Jabez's mother, constantly living in the pain of your past. God can overcome the pain of your past and transform your past from sorrow to great joy. I don't know about you, but that's something to shout about. Jabez did not let his mother's past keep him from establishing his own legacy. Every child has to stand on their own two feet. They can't rely on mom and dad's money. They can't rely on mom and dad's name. Yeah, my mom and dad's name is an honorable name, but I've got to make this thing work for me. I've got to make this thing have meaning for me. It's not just enough to be like my mom and my dad. I've got to set my own course. What did God call me to? What must I do to please the Lord and be considered in his sight honorable? What must I do? No, Jabez didn't rest on his mama's path. He didn't let his mama's path hold him down. When he got wind of who God was, he said, Look, no, God, I need you. Instead, he depended on what God could do to shape his life in place of this undeserved burden that was placed on him by his mama's path. Here's the third thing. In context of his family life, our family line, Israel's family line. Listen, in verse 1 of our text, we're told that Jabez was from the tribe of Judah. Judah means praying, yet we're not told who his biological father is. Your father, not knowing your father, doesn't mean that you are not meaningful, that you don't have purpose. Listen, you were born. You may not have your father. Look at Jesse Jackson. He didn't know his mother. His mother was raped. He didn't know his father. And look what kind of a man he became. A powerful man. Yeah, he makes mistakes. Everybody does. Everybody's human. But you will not remember Jesse Jackson without knowing that he walked with Martin Luther King for the free for free for more to be able to have our civil rights, to be able to vote, to be able to go places, to sit at the counter, to go into stores and shop and stuff. See, a lot of young people today don't know what that was like, the discrimination, being told your places. My wife was telling me I didn't have this experience, but going down to South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, and then, of course, having to go to the go to the, the, the white folks' bathrooms here, the black folks' bathrooms around the back of the building. The black folks, the white folks were walking around the here, but the black folks were walking around, around the back. Justin Jackson's name means something. It's honor. The brother honored God, and he's a reverend, so he's a preacher. That's a double honor. I'm telling you. Yes, we're told who is, we're not told who Jacob's biological father is, and that's okay. Jacob has distinguished, is distinguished even in his overall concept. Why? Because Cush, the son of Ham, Cush, the son of Ham, became famous for his accomplishment. That's what 1 Chronicles 1 10 in Galatians 6 through 14 tells us. Pharaoh, the son of Judah earned a reputation for being wicked. See, you can earn a reputation for being good. You can earn a reputation for being honorable. You can earn a reputation for being snotty, good, uh, nasty, and, and wicked. And that was Ur's, uh, that was Ur's reputation. And then Achan's name means trouble because he covered, covered stuff rather than obey God, causing needless death among the children of Israel. That's first Chronicles chapter two, verse seven, and Joshua chapter six, verse sixteen through chapter seven, verses one through twenty-six. Listen, children not only means praise, but it also represents leadership. Leadership. 
the grief remembered about him. But he sees hold of a principle that could make all the difference in his life. The principle of prayer. That's that first principle. It is the principle of prayer. This demonstrates his belief that prayer is critical to one's life and God is a God of power. Eliphaz in his speech to Job, Job chapter 5, verses 7 and 9, know that the dark shadow of trouble lifted over every man, but he also knows the greatness of God in the life of the believer. Here's what he said. But as for me, I would seek God and I would place my cause before God, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number, prayer to both Eliphaz and Jabez, that is, their prayer to God was the key, was the key that they used to be victors rather than remain victims. Prayer is only as good as the object it depends on. Who is your, who's the object you're depending on? Are you, are you depending on other people or are you depending on God? Are people your object or is God your object? Like Elijah on Mount Carmel, who called upon God to send down the fire and burn the offering, First Kings chapter 18, Jacob called on the God of Israel. Why this God and not some other God? First off, there's only one God. There's only one living God. Here's the answer, though, because God has shown in a long relationship to his people, the children of Israel, his covenant compassion, his commitment to what was good, and his power. He was the right hand to, or he was the right one to approach by the principle of prayer. God is the only one you can approach by the principle of prayer. Some people say, well, I pray, but it doesn't matter. God doesn't do anything. He doesn't hear me. I hear that all the time. But the bottom line is, you don't know that. God is not deaf. He can hear. But he's not physical. He doesn't, he's not hindered by the things that we are hindered by. He is, he is God. And then, but John 4, 24 says he is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And I can imagine J.B. falling down, just spending time in the presence of God. Oh, God, if you just, if you just hear my voice. And God promises to hear. If J.B. was a learned man of sacred scripture, if he was a learned man of sacred scripture, he probably read about the great works of God, performed in response to the prayers by Abraham, by Isaac, by Jacob, by Joshua, by Moses, by Joseph, by David, and others. He probably heard it all. He read it and he probably heard it. Here's the second principle. To the progress he inspired to. Jacob pleaded before God his desire to have his blessing and enlargement. Just as Caleb set his heart on a territory only God was able to give him, and he was 80 some years old by that time, Jabez desired an increase in his land, and in that he is presented here in a favorable light. Listen, his desire was clearly for reasons that required that honored God and was not selfish, it had no selfish kin that God would reject. Don't miss it. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Then James 4, 3 says, You ask and you receive because you have the that you may consume it upon your lust or your desire. 
That's wrong thing to ask God for because God's not going to give it to you. Then there's an approach to God with a cunning, conniving, selfish heart. No, no, no. He came as one who truly delighted in the Lord, a man who desired God, a desire that God could meet. Psalm 34, 37 and 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. The principles for Jacob, the principles for Jabez's request for progress could also but also apply to spiritual growth, that is increase in usefulness for God in serving within the ministry with your gifts and talents as well as others. So it's not just so that you can so in other words, it wasn't a selfish prayer, it was a prayer that God could honor because it's because Jabez had more because Jabez's prayer was not a selfish one that stuck on him. He was doing it for more than just that. See, anytime we do something, we have to ask ourselves, who are we doing this for? Are we doing this because what's the motive behind our actions? Is it because we want to be seen? Or is it because we want to please God? Because we see a real need and we're trying to help that need. So, third one, the present keeps value. Third principle, present keeps value. Jacob has passion to experience the presence of God. His cry was that thy hand be with me. This is a witness to his sense of value. What are your values? What do you value? Most in the world have a tendency to rely on their own physical and intellectual abilities to get what they want. Jabez was prudent and wise in that he put his trust in what God was able to do. He had absolute certainty, just as King David did in Psalm 62, that the power belongs to God. In that context, David waits for God only. His hope was from God. God is David's rock and God is David's deliverance, his stronghold who keeps him from being shaken. Listen, when you know, when, when fear comes and, and you know you ought to be stirred, you ought to be shaking in your boots, you ought to be just falling down here, oh God, what am I going to do? No, 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 no. David stood still and he called on God. David called on God. Made his life, made himself a lifelong drive to enter into the only presence that wins. Are you talking about, well, we're going to hook out, we're going to go with this brother here, this is here, because, he, you know, every time they do something, they win. No, 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 no. No, they fail. You may not see it, but they fail. But God never loses. God never fails. He is always, he's always going to win. You want to be in his presence. You don't want to just be in the presence of some people because what people do for you is pale compared to what God can do for you. When you're in the presence of God, look out. The world is yours. Conquer. It's the fourth principle. The, the protection he sought. Jacob is like us, longed to be protected from harm, that it might, might know that it might not bring grief or pain to him. The word pain is to call or feel sorrow or distress. I don't know about you, but David must have just, his name, every time somebody called his name, his little children teasing him, because you just, your mama named you David, because you just, hey, you just sorrow. You're just a pitiful thing. I don't know what you want. I don't know what she, I know why she called you. You're just a worker, good for nothing, nobody. Who is that name? Who's the right mind of a David child? David, how 
at you with all kinds of statements. And before you know it, you're saying, well, yeah, you know what? My mother and my parents really don't love me. You know, that maybe they keep telling me, don't do this and don't do that. And maybe that's why they tell me, because they really don't want me to live my own life. Maybe they just don't love me. And, and, it, and I think now I realize, so I'm going to run away. Please, get a grip. Get a grip. Do you think your parents, all of us, do you think our parents were telling us things because they didn't want us to be happy? They didn't want happy, you know, and happy just based on what's going on. Because we want to be happy because everything is going hunky dory. The next time you, 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 you're down because things are not going the way you wanted them to go. No, no, no. And so I can just imagine. You know how it was when you were children and, and you and you said other children would tease you, call you all kinds of names and make fun of you because of your clothes, because of your haircut, because of your shoes or something. They always had something nasty to say. The cruelest people in the world are children. Because what they don't know what they're doing and what they do, they hurt and they just go. They don't realize the consequences of their actions. They just do it. And they just say whatever they want to say. And parents have to be mature enough that when their children say stupid things, and I one time I wasn't mature enough. I'll be honest with you. I opened the door. Literally. And I regret that ever since. But let me tell you something. You have to be mature about this thing. Because your children are. That's why the law will punish you as an adult, because you should know better. Man's sinfulness caused God profound grief, resulting in the Genesis flood. You find that in Genesis 6 5. Or the conviction Joseph's brothers experienced because of their jealous treatment of Joseph in Genesis chapter 45 5. The grieving spirit of a wife abandoned by her husband, Isaiah 56 4, 54 6. And the grief God's spirit knew at Israel's sin, Isaiah 63 10 and Ephesians 4 30. It's one thing, listen, it's one thing to be committed to face pain if it is is God's faithful trial to mold and shape us into the person he created us to be. That's one thing. But it's something else altogether different to avoid pain where the pain can be detrimental to your life and your health and the the trust God for protection from God. Trust God for protection from becoming a victim to it. See, we may have pain, but we can go to God and keep that person from coming to that pain, giving into that pain, and become a victim of that pain. Where that pain keeps us down, holds us down, even takes us away from here. Jesus spoke of deliverance from being in temptation in Matthew 6, 13, where he said, what we regard as the model prayer. He said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If we would consult Scripture, we'll find men in great distress crying out to God for deliverance. God, number one, Psalm 91 says, God is a deliverer from the stare, deadly pestilence that came upon others. If, if your pain is from others and or the result of your own doing, do what Jabez did. He prayed that God would guard his life, just as God promised us to be Abraham's shield. He has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Prayer helps you come to know God as a shield that protects you. Third point is the Father and God, verse 10, and God granted him that which he 
first determine within your own heart whether you will commit fully to God or not. You have to make that decision. To commit fully to God is to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and follow Christ. This world has nothing but destruction for you, but God has eternal joy. What greater demonstration of his love for you and I than sending his only begotten son to the world that suffered death for us? Listen. Life's guiding principles are like beacons to the person who prays. David shows us that one potential is for a life of pain due to sin with each believer. Yet God's presence, the help is available if we will take it. If we will take it. If you're hanging over a cliff and you got some people there that are strong enough to pull you up, they throw you a rope, they say, now grab hold of this rope. And hold on tight and pull you up. You can't keep taking it by your own strength because your strength is starting to get weak because the weight of your body is far greater than the weight of the capacity of your arms and hands and maintains your grip on that item and object that you're holding on to. So, what do you do? Do you let go of that thing that you're holding on to and grab the rope and allow the people to pull you up, or do you just keep hanging there until you drop the guy? Which one would Secondly, if you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to become a part of this, that's 